the Spanish announce table. Tom, it is episode 371 of the Spanish announce table, and our heads are spinning. Uh, you know, busy day to day. Uh, we, not well planned, but we determined, like, there's no need to play in this one. This was, look, let's get right into what we're talking about here. Last night was an all-time great episode in the short history of AEW Dynamite. This was at a breakneck speed of just chaos and fun and confusion and happiness and blood and sweat and tears and one-liners and surprises. And it was just something that we got to do a deep dive on. Now, with that being said, as Tim likes to tell you, we are the voice of the voiceless, so we want to hear from you first. So we are going to go into a deep dive on AEW Dynamite and talk about the fallout from that, what we can expect, you know, uh, tomorrow night, because again, Thursday night is when we record, if you're listening to this later. We're going to talk about the fallout of Dynamite, maybe what we can expect to uh, see on Rampage on Friday night, but we got all that coming up in a little bit. Mm. Before we get all to that fun. We got to hear from you because, again, you dictate what we start to talk about, and then we roll off of that and then hit you with some things that we want to talk about. But you control the conversation. You tell us what to do on Twitter using hashtag tweet the table. Look at that. Bop, 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 bop. It's up, right? Or is it down? It's up. It's down. It's down now. Oh, it's down. It was up, but now it's down. <laughs> it, was right. always, yeah, it actually was it up right as you were saying it, too. Good timing. Woo-hoo, there it time. is. Look at that. All the way up. All the way down. Fun uh, peek behind so the curtain. Yeah. I'm at the controls, and so Tom can't yeah. see what's going on. And I, yeah, I just see green. That's all I see. Woo, That's how good of an actor yeah. Tom is, right? He's like the weatherman. Yeah. It's just, it's there, yeah. right? It's there behind yeah. him. It's like cold front yeah. coming through. Yeah. Seventy degrees. Like, you were pointing to the ocean. Like know. fucking, you yeah. know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so yeah, let's start it off with hashtag tweet the table. One of my favorite mm. things to do. And again, you can also join the conversation live on Wednesday nights. Seven o'clock in the one true time zone when AEW Dynamite airs and we live tweet throughout the episode. You can join the conversation there by liking, sharing, retweeting, responding, all the fun things. All the fun things. But let's back up. What, what, who do we have first on we this? We have just a few, a handful, a small number of Tweet the Tables this week. I think everybody was just kind of... Uh, it was hard to keep up. Yeah, it was hard to keep up. So yeah. uh, let's kick with one of them is about WWE, and then the next two are about the AEW Dynamite that we're going to do a deep dive into. So we'll knock this WWE one out of the way, but it, it sets up AEW Dynamite discussion because Ooh, it's from at Katie right. First, a lady, and she says, I don't know if anyone noticed this Easter egg, but when Reigns hit Rollins with the chair, he fell the same way Reigns did on the bottom rope. Hashtag the little things. Hashtag SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Tweet the Table. Yeah, at the Royal Rumble, right? Mm-hmm, is that right. what we're talking about? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was great. Yep. It was a little cool touch. Right. And Not again, only was it the chair shot, but like the, the way ball. the chair, you know, yeah. shot unfolded was the same way too. Same positioning exactly. and all that stuff. And it was good. And I did catch, you know, like kind of the positioning, but I didn't notice like the falling. So that was a good point there, Kitty. I like that. But yeah, it is the little things that, that well, and that's. But that's the thing that is kind of frustrating with that whole company, right? Is they know what the little things are. They just either don't want to put the effort in or either don't have the time because they've got a crazy old man who's, you know, uh, watching his dick go from left to right as he still remembers how to use it. You know what I mean? Like, fuck that guy. Does his dick do this? 
Maybe. You know, he's <laughs> like an old senile friend. man where he's like, look at this penis. Right. That thing I can move to the left over here. So, yeah, it's, it's frustrating because it's they know they're they are aware of their history when they want, yeah, when, when it's convenient, want, when it's yeah. convenient for them. Yeah, they so, know what the little things are. They know how they can impact of, a storyline. Right. And speaking of little things, uh, as we get into our uh, AEW Dynamite recap, let's just talk about it real quick here. Yeah. Uh, did you catch when Matt Hardy left Private Party? Mm-hmm. The announcer said it was erratic behavior. Little ah, F you to the WWE from what they said about Jeff Hardy when he left in the same similar fashion. So yeah. the little things indeed. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's... Um... Let's hit Katie the first lady again because she rolls right into dynamite, right? And mm-hmm. and this will be a good a good thing to start with. And she says, "Really great episode of hashtag AEW Dynamite tonight. Lots of progression in storylines, great debuts, lots of little seeds planted that will get paid off in the end. That's what I love about AEW. hashtag The little things. hashtag Tweet the table. I like that. That might be the show title here. Right. The, the little, little things. things. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. I will say all of that is spot on. I talked to you about this a little bit earlier via text message or however we've talked. Um, Telepathy. There is. Yeah. Right here. Mm, here you go. Yeah. Here you go. Yes. But there is some little things on the opposite end that AEW, I think, needs to clean up a little bit. And as fun as this episode was, and it was fun, there's a sense of like organized chaos that it seems like they know, but they're not doing a good job letting us know. And what I mean by that is last week we had a segment with uh, Dan Lambert, Brandy Rhodes, and then Paige Van Zant comes out. They have a little scuffle. You think... Let's have a follow-up of some kind, right? Backstage vignette, interview from Brandy. Maybe we hear from Paige Van Zant at American Top Team. Nothing. Nothing. It was act. It, yeah. it was as if it never happened. Yeah. And, and I get it because we have two hours, and what we're going to talk about filled the two hours. But there's no like, and I'm not for week after week hitting you over the head WWE style of like, this is the story and this is the story. However, if you're not going to talk about it, you can reference next week. We're looking forward to hearing from Brandy Rhodes about being attacked by Paige Van Zandt and just have a comment. And then during the match, right? You could have done that during the Serena Deeb five minute uh, rookie challenge, right? Where you're right. just like, as we're get, seeing Serena D make her way to the ring, uh, want to let you know we are looking forward to hearing from Brandy Rhodes next week, as you know, all that. Well, but like, or you don't need Sting and Darby in two different segments, and you put yeah, one little, well, this, you know what I mean? Last yeah. week, here's what happened, right? Yeah, Sting and Darby made sense in one, and then the other one is and for get, the, their said, own story. Yeah, you said, you know, it's a traveling circus. These people interact and interflow. And like, it's not just like, I'm only mad at you and I never see anybody else. But yeah, but yeah, you can squeeze in some things in those moments, maybe. And it's just, yeah, again, they do great. They do a fantastic standalone episode. I feel like I can show this to any non-wrestling fan and they'll be interested 
at least as far as like the next time they see me going like, Hey, so whatever happened to that MJF guy? Like did, did CM Punk beat him up? Like they may not watch, but they're going to remember it kind of thing. Like, I think that's how good these episodes are, or maybe they start to get fans like that. But when you start to watch it as a whole, like we do, you start to see these inconsistencies where it's like, so varsity blondes, like, are they dead? What happened to them? Yeah. 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 And Julia Hart, she's also a part of this, you know, Malachi Black getting the mist in her face. So is she, what is she? You know what I mean? And so, yeah, there's little things that I think they need to clean up with continuity and giving the viewer some expectations or follow up or just tying up loose ends. Because, again, I don't need week after week WWE style, but I also need... If I'm looking forward to next Wednesday and knowing what the John Moxley, Brian Danielson situation is, and you don't even mention it, that's a little disappointing. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. What do we got? We got a third one as far as a hashtag tweet the table? We do. Eh, one second here. I'm trying to factor in. Live live workshopping on the air, Tom. Uh, <laughs> ba ba da ba I don't know why this is happening here. Uh, 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 here we go. We're talking about pro wrestling. Uh, uh, talking about pro wrestling. Hey, let's fill some time with yep. a cool idea I have. Here you yep. go. Let's do While it. you're trying to find that hashtag yep. tweet the table. You know what I was thinking? Why, you know, WWE now is starting this whole new, hey, let's take advantage of popular dates that are open right like the the day one was a saturday pay-per-view and it was cool because it was the first day of the year isn't that going to be a fun way to start the wrestling calendar okay i'm surprised honestly that aw hasn't done this because of the tie-in they already have with the nfl with the con family own owning the jacksonville jags but you would think they would want to run a show for example in la Saturday night, the night before the Super Bowl. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many things around this. Vince probably has like Vince probably has everything. Lot you can't. You know what I mean? Or I'm not bringing it here. You know, he's pulling a Dave Chappelle and fucking threatening to pull out his. Well, you know what you could have done then. Okay, and I get that, right? But you know what? Maybe again, you could be creative about do the stadium stampede the night before the Super Bowl. Build to your stadium stampede match, because let's be honest, Jacksonville Jaguars aren't going to be playing in any Super Bowls anytime soon. So let's do the stadium stampede the night before Super Bowl 50, whatever it is, or 60, whatever it is. And you have the elite or whatever two teams and you do a football themed match, because, again, that's really what a stadium stampede match is before super bowl i think that would be a fun thing i was thinking about that i was like you would think they would want to tie in more to the biggest event in american uh sporting calendar yeah, you, you know think, so maybe yeah yeah maybe all right yeah. well, let's get back into yeah the let's get back tweet to the tables now that we're back up and running properly here let's go out to at devil vamp he says oh keith lee joined aew the crowd was underwhelmed. Everyone knew, and no one gave a fuck. This is not a forbidden door, and Tony Khan should stop saying that shit. Don't come at me with this apology. It's bullshit for ratings. 
hashtag tweet the table. He's kind of hot about the Keith Lee. Yeah, he's wrong too. Um, Two reasons why. One, as a promoter, his number one responsibility is to either get you into the door, like have you pay for a ticket to go to the event, assuming it's a bayou, or two, to get you to view whatever it is on TV, right? Like that's the number one responsibility he has. Now, obviously you only have a certain amount of goodwill. You can't be the boy who cried wolf and say like, we have a special surprise again. And it's Cody just signs a contract, right? Like eventually that would burn you. Right. However, Keith Lee debuting and everyone knowing isn't his fault. It's your fault and not you devil vamp. I'm talking about the internet wrestling community. We all knew it was going to be Keith Lee because we, again, I feel like I've been a broken record for the last eight years on this podcast talking about like, why would you want to go see a movie? And then let's just use him as an example. Dave Meltzer tells you the fucking surprise. And then when you go into the movie and you go like, well, that's bullshit. Everyone knew fucking Darth Vader was the father. God damn it. Like, duh. And it's like, you ruined it by fucking listening and watching that trash. Like if you stay consistent with this is a TV show, I want to be surprised by the TV show. Don't fucking listen to the Sean route. Ross saps of the world that says like, Oh, we've got reports that uh, Goldberg is here tonight at SmackDown. And then when Goldberg comes out, we're like, Oh, this is bullshit. Like, Maybe Goldberg's a bad example because he's been doing the same rinse and repeat thing. But still, you're getting my point. It's like Keith Lee coming out was a surprise. And the only person who ruined that surprise was you by trying to get the scoop of what was going to happen that night. So, like, what do you expect a pro pro wrestling show to do to to have fun, exciting things? You know, like if they're going to be scooped every time and you're aggravated by that, stop watching the fucking scoops or stop listening to the scoops. Like watch the show, enjoy the show. Yeah. And the thing with Keith Lee is like, look, I I enjoy a Keith Lee match when he comes out and I, you know what I mean? Like I get the crowds behind him. I just don't think he's like, I think this is a bit of the Ruby Soho syndrome where everybody's like, well, Keith Lee's the next big guy, he's the thing. He just didn't get a chance. And then we go, okay, here's his chance. And we go, no, it looks pretty much the same exact results as we got at the last place. And which now is not that's terrible, di- and it's not bad, right? right? Yeah. Now, that's a different type of response, right? If you're mm-hmm. going, well, hey, Keith Lee's just not my guy, right. right? If you're just going like, wow, it's Keith Lee. I wish it was Bray Wyatt. You know what I mean? Like, if right. that was your response. Yeah. Then, then what I'm saying here is not directed at you, right, but sure. where, where I'm getting aggravated is like, we all knew it was Keith Lee. Everyone knew. No. Yeah. I didn't no, know we it was didn't. Keith Lee. Like, yeah. I, mean, I, I assumed Keith Lee was coming like, oh, from I, all we'd heard, but I didn't factor I, I was in saying, tonight as, yeah. as it was being Keith Lee. Yeah. I was in on all our social media platforms, like responding to, to fun little, who do you think it is tonight stuff? I, if I was a bet man. I would have put money on Jeff Hardy. It was a Matt Hardy wrestler. I thought Jeff Hardy would come in as like the Matt, you've been fucking up. What are you doing as this big money Matt guy? You know who you're supposed to be. And then we get a program well, that, of like Matt It seemed Matt like Jeff. Hardy was giving the guy an ultimatum, like you better win this or whatever. It would have been a total dick heel move to be like, 
here's my Hall of Fame brother to beat the shit out of you. Yeah, <laughs> you know and then I mean? maybe you even do Jeff right. Hardy comes in as a heel, right? It's Hardy like, Family Office, Hardy Family. Exactly. Like, yeah. would you think this was motherfucker? Whose last name is right. on it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, I thought it was Hardy. I I thought Jeff Hardy one hundred percent because of. Who he, who the mystery guy was wrestling? I so thought I it was. was I thought it was Samojo for a while because of the whole CM Punk thing they were doing, and I was like, "Oh shit!" You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. he even tweeted at Samojo, right? Yeah, he's like, yeah. "Hey, you available?" Yeah, uh, he even tweeted at Danhausen. I don't know if you saw that. He's like, "Danhausen, <laughs> no, you available?" Funny. He's like, "Yeah, sure." And he's like, "Ah, sorry." <laughs> like he told Danhausen, "Sorry." Oh, yeah, never but, mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, great. never mind. Yeah, but yeah. So again, I, I I'm I get I understand. I'm not trying to say like I am such a highfalutin wrestling fan mm. and I don't pay attention to those things. Obviously I fucking do, right? But I don't and maybe this is just me and maybe I'm the weirdo. That's fine. But like I don't click on the link when it's like find out who debuts at Revolution March 15th or whenever their pay-per-view is. Like I'm not going to click on that thing because I don't want to know. Right. I want to be I want yeah. to be a part of the show. I don't want to act like I know everything. It's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that too. In that, like I, it's near impossible now to be surprised. Uh, and it just like, e- even if you're not looking for the info, they're oh, going to yeah, put it on a tweet a... in the headline. So like, it's going to scroll by you and you can't miss yeah. it. Um, so I think the trick becomes how you do it. Right. So we know he's common. We know whatever, but like, I think it's then counterproductive to be like, tonight, everybody tune in if you're wanting surprise. But as your point earlier, Tony Khan, as much as he's a wrestling fan and would love the surprise, he's a businessman and the ratings will follow if you're like, tune in tonight, somebody new is coming. Because, look, people, I don't say people are dumb, but not everybody for the most part, is like thinking things through the next step, the next step, the next step, the, the whatever, when they're viewing their entertainment. A lot mm-hmm. of people, maybe half or more, are literally surface level just letting it happen to them and watching it. And so for those people, you've got to say, tune in tonight. Look, you know what I mean? Pick up your phone, tweet it. Look, tune in tonight at this time. <laughs> set it on this mm-hmm. channel. Set your DVR. You have to like give them a cue, as it were. And that's what he's doing when he does that. Right, and he also presents like this is going to be more important than other things that are going to be happening in the coming weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to have an episode next week, but we're not going to say that because this is the time that we really want you to pay attention. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a marketing strategy as well. So, again, I think if he did this each and every week, right, where it was like, surprise, number 16 in a row, and it's like, man, okay, get the fuck on, right? But... Again, his number one responsibility is to drive a profit and to draw eyeballs to his product by getting you excited about something. So I don't really hate what he did there. I I really, again, my biggest beef with the wrestling community is the journalist. It's one thing to report on business transactions, right? Someone was fired. Someone was hired. Like once it's been done, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or, Hey, if you're like into the business side of wrestling, the ratings, which I still don't totally like, that's not my thing, but if it's yours, you know, I still get that. Like being a journalist in that sense. Cool. But when you're a journalist, just ruining 
stories yeah. <laughs> right. like that's just stop it and even specifically about this story so i know we've been talking a lot about this keith lee thing but i think it's one of the biggest you know newsworthy events uh in the storylines of the show for this week and so there's two things i think that are positive i think you said one of these so not to steal your thunder but you said uh it's more diversity in the upper tier oh, of aew yes. I mean, honestly that. in the male yeah. side wrestler um and and not to dwell too much on that because i'm not you know the the type to sit up here and, and I, I, maybe I don't have the stance to speak to that as much as somebody else like a Keith Lee could. But um, so there is that. There is that benefit. And two, race aside or diversity aside, the big men in AEW, there was yeah. few and far between. You know what I mean? We're right, having to yeah. run back Lance Archer on one of these things for that reason, mm-hmm. right? And so styles do make fights and in these pro wrestling matches. And AEW is good about that. We, they'll start up the show with a banger, hit you with another one midway through. And sometimes you don't necessarily need a huge storyline because they're going to do a long match and tell a story in that match. Mm-hmm. Whereas WWE is more five moves of doom and everybody out. Yeah. So that's going to lead to a lot of great matches with Keith Lee because his style is kind of unmatched in AEW. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even think of somebody off the top of my head. I mean, Archer is more gritty with his version yeah, of that. But more of the, he's more the like Hercules, right? Feats of strength. Yeah throw you yeah. guy is is um yeah miro maybe is the closest and miro's even got right. more of a mean streak i think than it's well a and he's not even as big right and he's, he's not, not even as big. as big you know what i mean but yeah, keith, keith lee is, is more the strong man yeah. you know what i mean gimmick if you will yeah yeah he's gonna yeah keith lee has a body type that's gonna compete at like the world's strongest man mm-hmm. miro is the type of guy where you see at the gym you're like well that's a strong motherfucker over there yeah, right? Yeah, right like those are two different types of people yeah. you see um, him Pulling up a couple forty fives, yeah. And you're like, oh. <laughs> you but then you see, but then you see Keith Lee, and he's like fucking picking up a you know a Honda Civic, and you're like motherfucker. But he looks yeah. like a bowling ball, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like it's different types of body types. Right. But yeah, uh, we can get into it. But let's, yeah. let's so let's kick it off with so uh, AEW yeah. Dynamite, and then when we get to Keith Lee, we'll share more of our thoughts. It started off AEW Dynamite started off with Wardlow walking down. No music, no music, holding MJF cutouts, so putting funny. them in the ring. Then we get music of FTR, Tully Blanchard coming, Sean Spears coming out. And then here it is, probably his best entrance in AEW history. MJF coming out like Macho King through the middle, mm. through the middle, through the middle. yeah. Being carried, <laughs> yeah, being carried by these guys uh, as they get him to the ring. I love that Excalibur knew the name of the thing too, and then yeah, I, I think he's immediately like a what? And he's like, he was like a chair with dudes carrying it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's like, God damn it, who, who am I talking with here? Yeah, um, yeah, that was a nice touch because you know, I, I'm assuming he had to look that up today. Oh, yeah. He didn't just know that, but like, that's good that he's thinking how to like work that in. Yeah, and I like that Tony Schiavone and JR played their roles where they're like, oh, of course we know what that is. They're like, what? Like, you know what I mean? They're not all like, oh, oh, oh we know yeah. this, you know, contraption, right? That might have been um, a legit response from Jim Ross. Oh, I, I think, think so. Like, what the hell did you say? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he probably thought you couldn't say it on air. Like, you know, yeah. like it was one of those, you know, not uh, not like, made God for TV damn, these kind of kids terms. today. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. MJF oh, comes out. Yeah. And oh, he's well, talking the introduction, a pause, the introduction oh, yeah. that they make Justin Roberts go through. And one of the best parts is, is creepy Sean Spears, 
right in his ear and he's like egging him on and he's like getting excited about the way he's doing it and you can tell the whole time justin roberts being like this is some bullshit <laughs> like he's just like all right everybody understands i have to say this right now right yeah. and and yeah, then the, the cuts know. to like wardlow when he's like rolling his eyes about what they're saying i mean they're laying it on thick you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're kind of beating you over the head with it, but everybody's pulling off their parts well that I don't mind it, right? Like, if there was bad acting with it, yeah, you can argue pro Too wrestling much. is always bad acting, but you know what I mean? Like, right. if there was bad, bad acting, um, you know, then I might be a little uh, hyped up and be like, come on, guys, stop hitting us over the head, but like... They, they never went too far in that, I don't think. So I, I'm really enjoying where this is going. Um, and then, I mean, it, it even kind of it's progressing, I think, the way we played out with the CM Punk and Wardlow issue. That that. Well, um, before we get there, speaking of laying it on thick, oh. good Christ with MJF making out with that poor yeah. woman. That, who just, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I was like, is that your girl? Like That, that was my first yeah. thought. I was like, I hope that's his girl, dog. He was like... <laughs> Maybe it was by the end of the he night because they like, seem like they've kissed full tongue before. on that shit. Man, that they one kind of like shocked known me. Each other before. That one shocked me because I was like, okay, that's like in 2021 or two. That feels yeah. I'm like, ooh, that's pushing the envelope, which is a weird thing to say. <laughs> you know, we're like, yeah. they just made out on live TV. <laughs> well, because especially because of the longevity, right? It wasn't mm. like it was just one like very passionate kiss. It was like passionate kissing and kissing. Are we going to do anything about yeah, it? Right, <laughs> like, it was, I know this was a live sex a celebration of, today. Yeah, exactly. It had a little bit of edge leading to it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, speaking of laying it on thick, MGF uh, has his uh, little uh, kissing session before he makes him, makes his uh, way into the ring. But then he goes into, he beat CM Punk twice in Chicago. Yeah. He beat him twice in Chicago, beat him twice in Chicago. And he couldn't have done it without one man's help. And Wardlow's like, Okay, like here finally. it is, right? This is me finally getting uh, this motherfucker I've been letting slide, but as long as he says my name here, we're good to go. Yeah, y'all, he's he like goes, taking a step forward. Like, he's yeah, he takes ready. a step forward and it shot Spears. Couldn't have done it without that warm up. And motherfucker, right? Mm. So at this point in the show, everything is very, it's done very well, but it's coherent. Then we get on the crazy train, and this is where I felt like AEW Dynamite just took you on a ride, and it was on you to keep up. So CM Punk comes out. CM Punk comes out. Tony Schiavone all of a sudden is like, I gotta talk to this man, which I thought was weird. Yeah, that was interesting. (laughs) I gotta talk to this man. Why didn't CM Punk just have a microphone? I don't know. Whatever, right? Again, now we're starting to get off the crazy train. Yeah. CM Punk then... It was like, I want a rematch. And MJF's like, no, you're not getting a rematch with me. And then Punk is like, well, good, because I don't want a rematch with you. I was talking about dipshit. (laughs) Yeah, the only guy that beat me in Chicago was Wardlow, and I want to fight him. He even said, let's be honest, the only reason any of you have won anything in the last nine months, which was a nice touch. Wardlow. Yeah, and so this is where, as a viewer, I'm still not sure what I saw. <laughs> well, and then, I love that CM Punk kind of made, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to paraphrase what he said, but he basically was like, look, man, like, this is going to have to go down one of the ways. Like, I'm beating everybody involves ass. You should not be in this toxic bullshit. Like, you should be somebody we respect. 
I'm giving you the opportunity to bounce or get wrapped up in these hands. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. you know, was basically the thing. And it was like, and that, it, it, I kind of like that Wardlow also didn't do the, like, maybe he's right. He was kind of like, yeah, he's right. But fuck, who do you think you are? Right. So he right, also yeah. had a bit of that. You think so? That's the yeah. wrong decision for you. <laughs> you know? So I love where this is headed. Yeah, that that is a great point. Because, yeah, MJF's demeanor was like, I don't need to be saved by you. Like, <laughs> if I want out of this, I'll get out of it when I want. Right. But, like, I'm good for right now. You know what yeah. I mean? But, again, this is where I – what? And so I'm just going to tell you what I think I saw. And, Tim, please correct me if, I, if I'm wrong. So CM Punk says, I want to fight Wardlow. MJF then says, don't worry about Wardlow. Now, all of a sudden, I do want to fight you. You mm-hmm. worry about me. And then Dax Harwood grabs the microphone and was like, Punk, you're a piece of shit. And I'm paraphrasing here. Like, I want to fight you. And you're okay. And then. Well, I think the, he said, the- I've been waiting for a rematch with you two punks. It was the other. It was, right. it was uh, fucking Darby and Sting that were out there for some reason. Well, but they didn't come out at this time. Oh, okay, so gotcha. then then Dax is like, you find someone and we'll kick your ass. Me and old uh, FTR too. Right. And then Punk is like, I got friends. Yeah. At I that think we, time, yeah. that's when, uh, uh, what's his dick? Um, Darby Allen and MJF come out and there you go that should help out with what i saw some concern on you with some things i think it was on my end but again kind of like aw dynamite last night we're going off the rails here um but then but darby and sting come out with baseball bats so you're like we're fighting right yeah we're they fighting got we're baseball gonna fight bats. Gonna fight. yeah there's six guys out there right but then they're just standing out there like apa right. like they're yeah. the painted faced apa i i do think it was kind of fitting though that you know he mentions like cm punk ain't got no friends right and then He's got two friends, but it's the two guys that like nobody else really kind of likes either. Right? They're just kind of, yeah. you know I mean, like they're they're kind of the outcasts hanging out by themselves, doing the weird shit with painting their faces and stuff, skateboards yeah. and hanging out in warehouses. So then, so then I thought again yeah. they were making a match for down the road, but apparently they were making a match for that night. No, and FTR or someone says like you can have a wrestling match with us. But not with one of those guys. You got to find someone else. Yeah, which and is so weird. then CM Punk's like, like, okay, right? Well, I love like the thing that got me was like, why are CM Punk and Darby just like, ah, tough luck, dog. Sorry, we couldn't help anymore. Even though we're here That's... with baseball bats. Well, <laughs> like, and, and that was the other thing. And, and yeah, why didn't you negotiate and say like, right. okay, fine, like it's not gonna be me or Sting, but we want to kick Sean Spears' ass because right. he's kind of a prick. So. If it can't be it's us, a, hate a stupid match, hat. Right. If it can't be us in the tag match, then one of us is kicking Sean Spears' ass. Like there was no negotiating. It was just baby faces going like, "I accept your terms." It's like, well, the term is that I'm gonna shoot you, and you're gonna bring a knife to a gunfight. I accept. It's like, what I the fuck are you it. doing? <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Uh, like, why are you doing this? It's not even making any why sense. Would you accept that? Yeah. So, so then that's the end of the segment, right? There mm-hmm. you go. And again. My head spinning. All fun. Don't really know what happened after that segment. Then we come back. And then it's Tony Schiavone talking to Sting and Darby Allen. Yep. Two segments they get, right? And this was fun. Andrade comes out and it was like, 
Sting, I know he works for you. Make him work for me. Right. <laughs> Sting's like, he doesn't work for I me. I know, I love he's like, two friends. things, man. Like, he doesn't work for me. And, like, he's right the fuck there. <laughs> Say it to him. Yeah, he's like, he's like just, just talk to him. He's like, yeah. oh, you're But that was great for Sting because, like, Sting is is Sting, right? He's an icon, mm-hmm. a legend, a Hall of Famer. He can take over a segment. But he just was very like, hey, he's not a slave. I don't pay him. And two, him is right there, motherfucker. Say it to him. (laughs) Right? Just talk to him. (laughs) You know I'm here ready to throw hands when it goes down, but say it to him, motherfucker. Right. It's like, I provide counsel for Darby Allen, but I don't talk for him. So, like, just speak to him. So then Andrade, again, English is in his first language. I do enjoy that he is trying these longer form promos so credit to him and it wasn't as if you couldn't understand anything but it just wasn't natural speaking but also if you were speaking something that you're not native language you also don't speak it as conversationally as others would exactly it's normal so essentially the uh promo ends with both darby and andrade saying like we're going after the tnt championship so with that being said let's take a quick little sidebar here how do you feel about whatever could happen here? Because now, Sammy Guevara, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, he's the TNT champ. Cody lost the belt. We don't know where he's at. He's MIA for right now. Mm-hmm. Then Andrade says he wants a shot. Darby says he wants his title back. What do you make of this TNT yeah. title picture? Have we gotten Darby and Sammy before? We've gotten that, haven't we? Yeah, at the yeah. first uh, revolution, I think it was. So, like, one for of me, I would games. rather, like, you know, whatever. Andrade and, and Darby have a thing to see who's the number one contender or something. Even though that's not how they'd work it, really. But, you know what I mean? Let's say that's something. And that's it. They're both fighting over it. They're both trying to talk shit on Sammy. And Sammy's like, well, you two figure this out. You two have a match. Winner's going to fucking, you know, a winner I'll take on ne- at Rampage, right? And I'd, mm-hmm. I, it, I think it would be easy enough for, like, Andrade and his lackeys to pull one over or somebody comes in to fuck with Darby, thereby starting a new thing for Darby. Cause honestly, I mean, you know what I mean? Not really sold on anything he's doing right now with anybody either. So like, you know, uh, I, I would prefer seeing like Andrade challenge Sammy for this title, as long as we got some storyline. Right. But I feel like Andrade is going to get us there better than Darby will at this point. I think what I would propose if I had the pencil, as they say, I would make it a triple threat. We don't have too many triple threats in AW. You're not wrong. I'm pretty sure, again, we don't fact check here, but I'm pretty sure we haven't done a triple threat for the TNT championship. And we've got a lot of fun layers to play with, right? So we've already had Darby and Sammy Guevara. They're also known as two of the four pillars of the future of this company. Then we have Andrade who says like, I'm the man. Why don't you idiots understand that? Then you could even play off the Spanish God versus the greatest luchador of all time angle with Andrade and Sammy. And then you got the chaos of just a match where it's more of the luchador, you know, indie high fly style with Darby Allen. Who's like, I don't care about my body. My body is to hurt you. So like, if I break my wrist jumping from the top rope, that's okay because you're knocked out. And so, like, that chaos of a car wreck, I think, would be a fun match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be fun, too. So, I, yeah, I'm sold on that, too. I I think we're going to get good TV out of it either way. 
Yeah, we got some layers, and again, all three of them uh, can advance stories. We know that we we've right. invested enough time in their AEW careers, and to they where will they put can on get... a match where the crowd will be ooing and aahing the whole time. Right, all the time. match is going to be great, but I'm excited because I I know that they can get us to that point. It's not right. just going to be a surprise. It's a triple threat, which right. again, those are fun, but like, yeah, it's not fill in the blank. Here come the high flying trap trapeze artists and we know right. we don't care who they are right right but it'll make us fun and happy for 10 minutes right so then after the break uh we get wardlow coming back out because he has a match he's not even taped his wrist up or anything he's walking out there his accountability yeah. buddy sean spears is out there and he's all happy and jazzed up and he's taking on wardlow that is the blade now this is what i thought was interesting here no bunny no yeah. Matt Hardy. It was just the blade to get his ass kicked. So, yeah. As I mentioned, Matt Hardy abandons later. We'll talk about it. Matt Hardy abandons the private party. Do you yeah, think that we're seeing the end one, of this? No, I think for whatever reason, this was just designed to be Wardlow squashes a motherfucker. Powerbomb symphony. Right. And so... You're going to muddy that ability if you've got managers, valets mm-hmm. on the side. So they say, okay, nobody. But then, like, why it was the Blade who has those people? So even if mm-hmm. Hardy family office is degrading because Hardy's like, I'm done with this. Fucking, you're not making me any money. The Butcher and the Blade are still cool, right? And so is yeah. the Bunny, from what I'm to understand. So, right, yeah. Yeah, that one was an interesting choice. Um, and I just, for whatever reason, I'm like, I feel like... There's something to the blade where you could have a little more money out of the blade than just guy who gets squashed by war though. You know, I agree. And that's what I thought. I thought those same things. Cause yeah, it would have been difficult. So let's just get to the end. Wardlow wins with his power bomb symphony, but then Jacked. Sean Spears crowd yeah. loving it. But then Sean All Spears it. gets his chair shots in on mm-hmm. the blade. I think going to what you said, it would be difficult for Sean Spears to get some chair shots and Matt Hardy to just be like, ah, he got one yeah. over on us. But it's you know weird then mean? that it was the blade. That's what I'm saying. Like That's why they I'm wouldn't saying. pick Lee Moriarty or a, some shit. You right. know what I mean? Like, well, you can't do a baby face because we're wanting right. Wardlow to get the baby yeah. face. Uh, so cheers. Who's made, like, yeah. What about one of the chaos project fuckers or something? You know what I mean? Like let's mm-hmm. find, Oh, you know what I mean? D- Luther, get fucking Luther. Right. Well, he's a little maybe too old to take all those power bombs. Yeah, but right, yeah. Serpentico, right. uh, Fuego del Sol. Like, we could have got some other people. Yeah. Again, Fuego's a baby face, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. Um, yeah, it was just an interesting choice. And then I started going down the rabbit hole in my mind of like, maybe this is it because Matt Hardy abandoned private party. So we'll see. But the, the story of this segment was Wardlow is awesome. Sean Spears is still kind of this weird prick that Wardlow just tolerates. And then we moved on. So when we come back, we got some fun. We get a, we get a vignette package where Penta says Mm. that he's pissed that Malachi black spit in his face. And he understands and again, I'm paraphrasing here. He understands, uh, Pentagon. Ha ha. This guy ain't going to cut it with these psychos in the house of black. So then he has to go to his dark side and he shows the mask. What'd you think of this? Well, Tom, I'm going to hark back to an old episode title. Ooh, okay. We've said the phrase before. Moves 
don't matter. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because Penta got all them moves, right? He's got mm-hmm. all oh, the yeah. fucking moves, and I get excited when he's doing them. I'm not saying, like, they're worthless and they don't matter in that regard. Mm-hmm. But I am now making his next match appointment viewing television, and I don't know that I was saying that before, even though I'm giddy and I like it. Maybe the you know the match can see Young Bucks at the thing, uh, a mm-hmm. little bit of a difference. But, like, because we talked about, like, not necessarily our style where I don't care about your flips and your stuff. Like, that's cool. You can do that. And if you work it in fine, but like here, this idea that he's fucking digging up graves and shit and like, fucking, you know what I mean? Getting dark and taking it back, showing you like, you think you're the crazy guy here. You think you're the one that's going to fucking get twisted. You think you're the one that's going to drag us to hell. You don't know who you're dealing with. There's a reason there's cero miedo. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of shit is great, and all it took was a little fucking vignette, right? Yeah. It didn't take twenty minutes of flips and shit. And this to is get where, the anticipation built. And this is where I applaud AEW because the baby faces aren't stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Where the House of Black continually gets over on the baby faces, and well, with hard work and determination, and a and a and a match where no one can interfere, I'm gonna get mine. No, 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 no. We got Pac out here doing his bird box bullshit with his fucking I can't see you bullshit. And now we got Pentagon going to pin a black or whatever his thing is. And and so it's like the baby faces are going like, oh, when you go low, uh, we don't go high. We go fucking lower and we're going to cut you out of the knees. Like, that's cool to me. John Cena being a bit of a notable exception. And I and I think Cena's the exception because he did have the difference of, like, you loved him or hate him, right? It was the let's go Cena, mm-hmm. Cena sucks. So that mm-hmm. kept alive his career. But, like, there's a reason, you know, the Hulk Hogan thing died out. And, and like, people's heroes aren't the guy who's always doing the right thing and, you know what I mean, giving an effort to maintain the sport of it and that kind of thing. Right. Like I'm not doing this for medals in front of judges. Right. Like none of us really identify with that. None of us strive to be that. None of us are like, if I was strong, I I would go around lifting fucking cars off of old ladies and shit Mm -hmm. all the time. And only that, like, that's not who the fuck people are. It's not human. It's not real. So like, this is real. This is, I'm a good fucking guy, you know, but like, you keep fucking pushing me and I'm not <laughs> like, so that's real. And that's what we connect to and get behind. That's where you create these anti-hero baby faces is because like we're not heroes and we relate to the people that aren't that do heroic things. Yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, two of the longest, you know, uh, lasting or, or most beloved characters in recent memory Uh, are the rock and stone cold. Those guys weren't all and like they would do the right thing. Conceited asshole. Yeah. Stone cold. Stone cold would do the right thing and then flip you off because he, you made him do the right thing. You know what I mean? Like that's not a nice thing. He'll go save Stephanie McMahon, but then he'll flip off Vince and then Vince will screw him over. But you know what I mean? Like he was doing the right thing. It's just like, yeah, no, I totally understand that. So, yeah, maybe you don't have the dark personality to go grab your dark, you know, luchador mask like Pinta. However, you empathize and you understand like, 
oh, he's got to go to a place to really fuck these guys up. And that's cool. And that's interesting. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do next. All right. Now we get into some fun stuff-ish. Let's say ish. Ish. Because we had the inner circle team meeting. And this was, in my opinion, the best Santana has done in AW in his entire career as a baby face. I still love when it was uh, Santana and Ortiz and the best friends that led to the street fight when Santana and Ortiz were taking out yeah. the Sue's van and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But as a baby face, yeah. this was incredible. Yeah. Up until this, my favorite moment from Santana and Ortiz, and and I I love they're my like one of my favorite tag teams. I'm not saying like they had no good moments. This is my favorite. Uh My favorite was the now he's dead, right? Like after drowning Matt Hardy, they're like, "Yeah, he's fucking dead. Fuck him." (laughs) I just love how they casually were like, "That's what happens. You get fucking marked up." Um, Oh God, remember that? And then Ortiz couldn't swim. Yeah, (laughs) he's like, like, "It's like get the fuck out." He's like, stop being a bitch, is what he told him to. He's like, get in the fucking water. God damn it, yeah. Yeah, loved all that. And yes, this is the best Santana has done, and I'm really getting behind him. And and, I mean, I think there's potential in Santana beyond the the tag team and all that stuff. But even Ortiz, I think this is the best I've seen out of him, too. Oh, because it added this, like, not that, like, he's the brains of the tag team, but, like, He's the calming force, right? Because Santana even said, like, if it wasn't for Ortiz, I would have beat your ass months ago. And so I think that was a cool thing to say, like, here's the dynamic of the team, right? Like, we're both capable of holding our own, but we work well within each other because he can kind of calm me down and I can kind of rile him up to get us to the spot we need to be. Yeah, I loved it. But the thing with the segment is, I think... They pushed it. If it ends with him talking shit there and Jericho, whatever, but then the Sammy part is, it's like, well, hold on now. I'm sorry. You guys figured out. Like, we didn't need any of that. None of that well, did we need. So here's, this is why I said ish, right? right. This is why I said, I, I'm all for long term storytelling. I think it's valuable. It makes you want to tune in week over week, month over month, you know, forever long, you know, you want to watch the show, right? However, the inner circle started on the first episode of AEW Dynamite, October 2nd, 2019. That was my birthday. That's how I remember it. And it's like, we've, uh, right? So we did them as the big heels faction and then we did them with the very original great MJF storyline where you infiltrated them. And then it was baby faces and they went with the pinnacle. So it's like, I don't know if I'm interested. Because again, Santana Ortiz did awesome. I even think Jericho did the really cool thing where he told Sammy to shut up, where he kind of like broke and was like, hey, Sammy, shut up. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean it, but like. Well, yeah, you saw a nervousness in him where he's like, fuck, fuck, I'm losing this. I'm losing right, exactly. It. You know what I mean? Like he had that moment where he's like, I've got to I got to fix this, right? But like to your point, maybe that should have just been it. Right. I, next week, as much as it will probably be a fun match and they're going to figure out fun spots to have us talk about next week on the podcast. Yeah. I don't think I care who wins that well, match. And so they gave Sammy that moment and we we're like, what guys like that wasn't necessary. Right. But like 
what they should have done was give something to Hager. Now, normally I'm not advocating no. that because no. hear me out though, because they go, fine, fuck this, it's us versus you and Hager. The whole time Hager's been standing there doing or saying nothing. Why wasn't he like? The fuck did I say? <laughs> like, why do I gotta fight you? We yeah. ain't had a beef. You don't yeah. like that motherfucker. He's stupid. Yeah, he's stupid. You know he's what I mean? Like, like, because supposedly, again, it's brotherhood. I love yeah. all you guys. I can't be picking his side now. You're forcing my hand into that. Yeah, I mean, Jake Hager is just going to identify with whatever looks closest to him. And so that Chris Jericho is also wearing a jacket. He's like, oh, jacket, jacket. He's yeah. an idiot. You got um, your red hat too, right? Exactly. I think I would have, you know, with Sammy, I agree. I don't know if I necessarily needed him to quit again like he did yeah. in the MJF thing. This is it where almost I think. Kinda, when he said it, I was like, it's kind of a bitch thing to say it. Right. Like, yeah, you can't take a stance. I quit before, you just gotta, I'll do it again. Bye, yeah, bitch. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm going to tweet about it. That, that's what it almost felt like. Yeah. yeah. Bye. I, I think to make him look good and to, like, get him out of the spot. Cause again, it was odd numbers, right? You can't do three against two. Cause then Santa and Tor- Santana and Ortiz are screwed. Right. This is then Especially where you could have, well, no, I think this is where you could have shotgun the TNT thing, right? Have Andrade grab Sammy's legs, you know, and do all that. And then you get the inner circle to, you know, the, the remaining of them to be like, okay, next week. Right. Like you, you have Sammy cause he's the TNT champ be the fucking TNT champ. Cause he quit and had like, he could have even said like, I need to focus on, because I heard earlier that Darby and Andrade want to fight me. I can't be dealing with this and that. So I'm going to go train and like prepare for that situation. And then even have Andrade do something with them or Darby, whoever yeah. it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I guess what I'm most intrigued by here is that I feel like that we are finally doing it. <clears throat> and by doing it, I mean like, breaking up the inner circle and ending it i just don't know like we made the match but i don't know with sammy quote unquote walking away how we're gonna get there with this right like what's gonna happen what's gonna be the spark that it's like because like i could see if it was a three on two right and sammy is like i don't want to hurt my brothers and jericho keeps being like fucking do what i tell you yeah and 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 at some point, he's fucking hammering that home, and you see Sammy getting more and more uncomfortable. And at some point, Hager's like, no, bitch, saying this to Jericho, like, leave him the fuck alone. You aren't the fucking leader we were supposed to be. Bro-. You know what I mean? Like, that's all he's got to say and be like, I'm no longer helping. Right? Yeah. And he's just out, too. Right? And then Guevara's like, fuck you. And now it's Jericho left alone with the two dudes, mm-hmm. and they fucking put him down, and then we're done. We're out, yeah, but no, I don't I, think that we're not going to get that with this, right? So I don't know. I, yeah, I, I fear that we're going to get five, six more weeks every week of whatever this story is going to be. You know what but I mean? But it's weird because and, it is a tag team situation, right? So like normally you'd be like, all right, Guevara and Jericho are having splits and it's going to break apart the inner circle and we're going to lead to a match. But we've got a tag team here. And... You know what I mean? Like that's the yeah, interesting because and we're already doing the tag team match. So like, yeah, I think it's interesting. I just <laughs> I fear know. that with Jericho, who has to be on almost like Hogan must pose. It feels like Jericho must be on some way, and maybe that deals with things I'm not privy to, like salary and things like that. However, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping 
that the tag match is the final whatever. Hey, we're going to be together forever, or hey, we're breaking up, but I don't want two weeks of this, or three weeks of this. Well, I hope it's breaking up, because then we'll have more of the... Yeah, whatever it is, but just make it move on, is <laughs> basically what I'm saying. Um here's even what it could happen right like they just have a knockdown drag out where it looks like they're beating the bloody hell out of each other lax barely puts them down and at the end jericho is just kind of like all right i get it you guys gotta go do your thing it ain't about me you yeah i mean like hager it ain't, like you've got your shit too sammy's doing go this thing like Bellator. i need to go figure yeah. some shit out circle broken for now we'll see you know what i mean yeah. we'll see in the future if we ride again Right, but I'd again, that. but again, you know who the Joker is in all of this situation? Eddie Kingston. Mm. What does Eddie Kingston do? You know, he was oh. mentioned time after time. I will give Jericho this: the LAX line. Like maybe yeah. he got the wrong two dudes from LAX, which was like you might as well have fucking kicked them in the balls because right? yeah. they were like you motherfucker. Well, he had them on the fucking throat it. when he was talking about it. Can remember like when he was like, yeah. <laughs> you could see that fear in Jericho's eyes, like oh we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. and that yeah. was the other thing too. Santana was the most believe. I mean, he's always believable. Sure, but he didn't seem uncomfortable. He was cheesing to the camera when Jericho was talking to his trash, and he was like, "Do you believe this?" and then yeah to your point he went to choke jericho like legit it was like as soon as he said homicide Uh yeah as soon as he said homicide or you know santana was like i'll kill you man yeah (laughs) it was trigger point like it yeah he lunged the moment he he didn't even get to say hernandez yet before the the head throw his throat Uh, so yeah it it felt like somebody was talking bad about santana's family like legitimately Well, and that's apparently with Eddie and Santana and Ortiz. That is, and I mean, in real life, like whatever Santana's yeah. real name is, it felt like somebody was talking yeah. about that guy's actual wife and kids in the streets, and he was like, "You're dying." But tonight. yeah, so You're dying tonight. Next week, do we see? I know it's green, but do we see yeah, somehow <laughs> Eddie Kingston uh, man, get involved? I, I'm all for more Eddie Kingston. If we get more Eddie Kingston, it'll instantly make this storyline better. Because think of this. Think of how how fantastic this would be. Is MJF tried to kill the inner circle, right? He did the, goes into the inner circle, tries to become a member. He was just getting the information to then create the pinnacle, you know? And that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yep. But what if we almost do a double switch where... Next week, Santana and Ortiz, like you said, the whole thing just crumbles to to the end of what the inner circle is. And Eddie Kingston just kind of walks by Jericho and is like, looks like you're all alone, pal. Wonder how that happened. And then Jericho's like, you motherfucker! You know, and then it's Jericho, Eddie, and it's all because like Eddie took everything away from Jericho because he hated him. You know what I mean? Right. And now you could do like a Eddie's like, sure. I understand why Eddie did that. Jericho is a prick. But then you could also see like Jericho got everything taken away from him and it wasn't even his fault. It was Eddie stirring the shit. And so that's a kept, Ooh, right? Love it. Uh, Love it. That's Love it. It's fun. the little things. It's the little things. The indeed. Little things. Speaking of uh, little details. After the inner circle segment, we go backstage. Uh, actually, not backstage, just in a I don't know 
parking garage, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. it's Trent and Rocky Romero talking about, hey, we're going to take on the Young Bucks. And then Adam Cole and the Young Bucks beat them up. Ah, BT forever, whatever the fuck they say. Boom, got that guy, Rocky Romero, he's out. And then as they grab Trent, Adam Cole's like, hey, it's my pal. And Jay White appears. And, you know, he's got the switchblade thing. And the interesting part here was the Young Bucks do another, like, so, what? Yeah, what? Like, dude, you keep doing this without telling. What? Okay, like, we kind of let it slide with Red Dragon because we got it, right? We know for, you know, we saw you on the yeah, other right, shows, right. you three, right? So, okay. But, like, huh? And then we get a backstage segment later on in the show. We'll jump ahead a little bit here. But we even get a, uh, a segment where the Young Bucks are like, hey, man, don't you realize that that Jay White guy and Kenny hate each other? Like, they hate each other. What are you doing? And then Adam Cole does the Bullet Club Forever Life. Guys, come on. Bullet, bullet, bullet. Right? And the Young Bucks, to their credit, was like, God damn it. Okay, this is strike two. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Adam Cole says, hey, I'm going to go make my own statement. We'll get to that later. But what do you think of the whole Jay White is brought in? Adam Cole thinks he's doing a great thing again. So I kind of going back to the Keeley thing. This is not my personal bag. This whole young bullet buck brothers club thing, right? Okay, right? We're 15, 17, 25 years deep into this thing already. And, <laughs> like, I, I get it because I, too, you know, follow the industry and I, and I know who Jay White is and that he's bullet club and what relation that means and that that has gone from leader to leader to group to group to whatever. It's spawned this whole micro-economy of fucking wrestling, if you will. Mm. But, like, it's... Two things come immediately to mind. Jay White is another guy that I see. I'm like, cool, and I get the the meaning behind the Bullet Club, and, you know, that's their, you know, all the feuds and everything, but, like, he is another guy where I'm like, we've got another Adam Cole, we've got another 5'7 guy who looks like he pasted his fucking facial hair on his face, and, <laughs> like... This is the guy that we're all supposed to now again be like, oh my God. And I'm like, nobody would like, nobody. And so the second thing is where I was chastising, I was like, hey, they're beating us over the head a little bit with this Wardlow's being shit on thing, right? Keep ringing that bell. They go the complete opposite way with this Young Bullet Buck Brothers Club thing. They assume you must have watched this because it was the greatest thing to ever be on television and so you already know the whole story we don't have to explain his name we don't have to fucking say anything about it other than one little like bullet club for life thing like if i didn't follow the online news mm-hmm. i probably wouldn't have ever once seen jay white's face or heard his name ever yeah ever ever mm-hmm. ever so there's a <laughs> lot of united states pro wrestling television fans who don't know what the fuck just happened but they think the biggest, most shocking moment of the night just happened. Yeah. And I, I think they have a disconnect there. I agree. I, I think, yes. I think what they think is, and maybe we're we're putting words in their mouth here, but sure. I think, but yeah. they think is like, we started this company. Everyone who's watching this company knows that we are the best. We started it. 
that's why you're watching. So you know our history. Yeah, right. Some people are joining because Brian Danielson showed up. So they don't even right. fucking, they've only heard of the Young Bucks, right? They don't know anything about them, right? So to your point, yes, they do a bad job where subtlety is, assumptions, yeah. well, like they subtlety they is their, the they do little things, but I don't they think do they little things too them. much. Yeah, they do well, yeah. too many little things to assume that you know what they're talking about, right. which can be good, but then also like, what the fuck are you talking about, right? I like this segment, not for Jay White beating yeah. up Trent and the whole thing. Right. I like it for the whole comment in that second backstage segment where the Young Bucks were like, hey, man, we're supposed to hold down the fort while Kenny's gone for this elite group. And you're kind of fucking things up, man. And like, we like you and we brought you here from the other company, but should we have like, you're kind of making things a little difficult for us because right now everything's fine, but in a month, two months or whenever it happens, Kenny's coming back. And that's the, you know, to, to them, what they're probably saying yeah. is like, that's the best wrestler alive. He's going to kill you. And we don't want to see our friends fight, you know? So I like it's Adam Cole doing his whole, like, Hey, you know, whose group this really is. It's fucking mine. While old, uh, Kenny, no hips out there is getting surgery on every fucking body part. I'm running the shit. And the young bucks are like, we started this shit with him, not you. And that whole story that's interesting. Oh yeah, that's gonna come to a head. Yeah, I just Jay White. He looks like a guy who isn't allowed within 500 feet of a school. You know what I mean? Like I just don't. <laughs> I just don't know that I'm gonna get behind him. Oh, that's funny. So yeah, five seven <laughs> uh, white guys with uh, pubes on their face. Let's go the opposite direction and let's talk about what we started to. You know, you before know what he looks like? He looks like a guy who has. A necklace that is a dragon talon holding a crystal. Oh, you know what I mean. He definitely looks like a guy at like outside of a Philly cheesesteak that has a snake, and it was like five dollars to let you hold the snake. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, and to me, like that's fine, whatever. You know, and people are whoever they are, but like when you're like feared martial artist, that's not, not the guy. Yeah. <laughs> not the guy, right? Yeah, well, and to your point, it's another of that stereotype, right? Cause again, you can tell me one of those guys, Brian Danielson, right? Brian Danielson. Okay. He's a five, seven guy with pubes on his face. I mean, a little bit longer beard, but yeah, like, this is different though. He does it with like wrestling maneuvers and holds and like, no, well, yeah, like, yeah. But I'm just saying visually, you know, like, cause again, if you don't know what Jay wrestles kick. like, right. yeah. <laughs> but again, I don't know what, to be honest with you, like I know of Jay white, but I couldn't tell you what his style is. Maybe it is like Brian Danielson. You yeah, know what I mean? I couldn't tell you because I don't know the fuck he is. Like I, yeah. like, I mean, I know who he is, but like, you know, I don't love know him. about him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But to your point, it was another five, seven guy. So as we talked about earlier, let's get to the next segment. Yeah, the Mr. Fucking, Component. He was wearing a youth medium leather jacket. Like I'm supposed to give a shit. <laughs> but okay. So yes, right. uh, we get into the face of the revolution qualifying. match. Mm. This is what I thought was the most interesting thing about the mystery opponent. Now, again, we, we, we already talked about it. It's Keith Lee. So it's Keith Lee versus Isaiah Cassidy. The interesting thing to me is now Keith Lee, his next match, assuming he doesn't have some matches before the pay-per-view, but his next match is a 
fucking ladder match. Like, again, I know he's probably done a hundred of these, right? But like, that's a lot to like, Hey, he won't fuck up here. We'll just put him on a ladder. It's yeah. like, that guy's 300 pounds. He just came out of COVID. Like you yeah. sure. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, goddamn. Mm-hmm. And so he beats him. I get Isaiah Cassidy deserves a lot of credit here. Oh, Cause God. he jumped every that time he toss. needed to jump. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, and the other guy, uh, the other private party too, yeah. when he did the backflip and got caught, like he did his shit. They, they which made one's private, uh, which one's party. Yeah. You know, both of them. Yeah. 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 Uh, but they, they made Keith Lee's debut oh, yeah. as much as they could. It yeah. wasn't well, I love lack that he of did, effort like, on their part. I love that Keith Lee took the moments to kind of like when the crowd's chanting, he's like, no, no, no hold on, hold on, hold on. Got to do the thing. <laughs> like let him let him sing. Now let's beat your ass. <laughs> right, like, like, that was fun because he is smooth. He comes across as like like you ain't gonna ruffle me because I know I will just toss you literally, quite literally halfway across the arena. Yeah, Keith Lee is an interesting guy, isn't he? He's like a mix of Walter and Barry White. Mm. Like he'll fuck you up. But then he might sing smooth jazz yeah, to your he wife. He might convince you to go to dinner tonight with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, God, Listen, I've never done this, this kind of guy. thing before, Keith. But you go <laughs> right, away with yeah. words. Yeah. Yeah. He has a very, like, yeah, he's very smooth. Hey, baby. Like, it's very yeah. smooth yeah. with him. You could watch him literally, like, crush a man's head, and then he'd just give you a wink and be like, listen, you want to get out of here? And you'd be like, yeah, what, what are we doing tonight, man? Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to party. Yeah. <laughs> ready to go. Yeah, he, he's a very interesting. And that's what I like about him. That, that smoothness, that suave type of personality, mm-hmm. I think, is is very original for, for that body type, right? Right, for it, the big it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know Viscera kind of tried it, but that was some caricature well, version sexual of chocolate this. Chocolate was a little different, right? Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Ish kind of a vibe, yeah. Yeah, but those guys didn't have the same natural charisma that Keith right. Lee had. No, Keith you know Lee. I mean? like, no, I feel like Keith Lee is living who, whatever is if his name is Keith Lee. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. that's the guy. That's just yeah. the guy. Like, I, I feel like you can't be acting that. Yeah, it's just too. The way it's he too. Is. He just is. He's probably the smoothest motherfucker in the room every time you're in the room with him. Yeah, and that's why it works. So again, mm-hmm. we talked in nauseum about that match. So let's get to the next thing. I got excited about this, and again, because my personality is that I go to step twelve when you tell me step one in my head every single time. And so the next promo package we got was a vignette from Britt Baker and Mercedes Martinez. And Britt Baker is like, you dumbasses. It was me who brought this girl here. You know why? Because I fucking hate Thunder Rosa. Like, it wasn't Jade Cargill who brought this girl in. It was me. And then Mercedes Martinez does the whole, like, I'm going to beat you up. Thunder Rosa's like, I'll beat you up too. Again, I'm on step 12. What we're doing is we're starting it. The thing that I've been wanting out of the women's division in AEW since it as soon as the three count from the last lights out match happened, I've been wanting it again. And it looks like we're getting it sooner rather than later. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa two. And, and you know, which way that's going. If it were happening soon, they're giving that to Thunder Rosa. Oh yeah. Yes. I mean, and they should. And they should. Yes. Cause look, Britt Baker is the DMD and she is all of that. She, every, what was it? Pro wrestling award. 
she won them all and she should have, right? 2021 million percent. But you cannot deny the amount of times we've seen Thunder Rosa run in for a save or make her entrance where we get to see it on television. Her pops are just as loud as anyone else in that women's yeah, this division. Is real organic. People want to root, cheer, people and get behind Thunder like Rosa. Thunder Rosa. So, you know, it seems like, and we'll get into it a little, little bit here, but like, seems like we're running with this Jade Cargill thing till the brakes fall off, which is fine for right now. So you need to counteract that with a baby face that represents the women. And so, yeah, I think sooner rather than later, we're going to get Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa again. Lights out too. You got to do lights out too. If it's just a, if it's just a, well, I mean, you can do another gimmick match that is, but I think it needs to be brutal, right? We're, we're either doing hell in a cell, whatever they're going to call that. Yeah. Yeah. We're either doing, you know, uh, literal outdoor street fight you know what mm-hmm. i mean where they're literally fighting in the streets yeah. um you know what i mean like we gotta do something yeah because i'm wrong you can't do lights out too because it doesn't count on the record so if thunder rosa beats her she doesn't become champ what if like we do like some sort of yeah it's like it's it's on thunder rosa's turf right so it's some yeah. sort of hometown thing yeah. she does the taco videos right you can work something mm-hmm. like that into where it's like she's throwing her into fucking taco trucks all over the place you know what i mean like mm-hmm. we got to do something that sticks out but lights out too fits i mean it like, fits but uh, because like, they're honoring the lights out doesn't count towards the record she couldn't become mm-hmm. champ but yeah something like that that's the, that's True the thing that. is yeah but anyhow I'm excited. Again, I think Mercedes Martina Thunder Rosa is going to be fine. It's going to be great. Two very capable women that can give you a very fantastic match. But again, I'm on step 12. I'm already booking at the next pay-per-view. Let's say it's Revolution. We got Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, and I'm getting the Thunder Rosa t-shirt. Boom, boom, boom. You can even do Last Woman Standing if you you book the match correctly and just make it Mm. worth it. That's a similar idea where you're just going to have to like, somebody's going to have to bloody and batter the person to where they literally can't stand up. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's a just kind of what it lights out is because there's no ref to stop it. Right. right. It's just when the person don't move anymore. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's kind of how it works. Well, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but in our main event, it was a Texas death match for the AEW World Championship. Maybe we just do a Texas death match because I believe she's from Texas, I right? Or is she, right. she from Mexico? I'm not sure. I don't know if it's Texas or Mexico, but yeah, we can That's call it Mexico. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It's all it's Mexico. down there. Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I'm excited about that. So let's let's move on because again, we didn't get the match, but we are sooner than rather mm-hmm. than later. Uh, we got the match that uh, I was so confused on because again, this was moving at a speed that I couldn't keep up with. We got the tag match. It was FTR versus yeah. CM Punk and his mystery opponent. <sighs> and you want to talk about pops? The surprise because again, before. CM Punk's doing Samoa Joe, you available. Dan Housen, you available. Hey, who can I find to help me? And it's motherfucking John Moxley walking out. Yeah. You know what they missed? And it's probably because you couldn't have gotten agreement to make it happen. What? That should have been Colt Cabana. That should have fucking oh. been Colt Cabana. Even if they didn't like like each other, right? Like they could have just been like, all right, fuck it. I got it. all right. They're assholes. You need help. <laughs> like you need help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. All right. One time. One last fucking time. Right. Like. That but yeah. They. Great. I think they do legitimately might be at each other's throats. 
in real life if least, we're behind the curtain. So yeah, like, or at least yeah, agree yeah. that like I'm not even getting close because if I do, I'm going to kill. Right. Him. Yeah, it's one of those yeah, things. Yeah, they're kind of they're dressing things. on other sides of the arena right. every single time. Yeah, yeah. That's the feel I get from comments made by Colt Cabana and in other videos. Not at Punk, but just kind of offhand and around it, and kind of body language that I've seen so like. Yeah. But man. That could have been a hell of a backstage segment to oh. spot, but again, that's just wishful thinking. I don't think we're ever right. getting that, at least not for years. Yeah, but we did get John Moxley. So we mm. got John Moxley, and it was incredible. This match was great. We got a doomsday device from Moxley and Punk. We got FTR doing all of their signature moves. We even got Punk jumping out to the outside, FTR catching them. John Moxley's like... Well, I guess the only way we're going to finish this set out is me jumping into all of those guys. So he jumps into them. It was fantastic. The coolest thing I thought was John Moxley gets the tag and the crowd organically starts chanting GCW, GCW, GCW. He's their GCW heavyweight champion. So it's great. But man, another promotion that if you're not watching it, you need to, they're catching on like wildfire. And, uh, it was evident because AEW's one of their biggest stars were getting a GCW chant during their match. So this was fun. A lot of big kickouts and Tully Blanchard takes a go to sleep and John Moxley gets his thing and we had to do it. But it was uh, again everywhere and anywhere. But Moxley and Punk get them get the win. Don't know if I would have done that to be honest. Now yeah. what that means is Punk gets his rematch, which again. I'm not sure with who is it. Is it Wardlow? Is it MJF? I'll be told later. Yeah, but uh, it's easy. Like, cause you, you're right. Like you could have made, you know, the pinnacle look okay there and beat punk and Moxley because they're just not a team, right? Like, yeah, they're working well together and everything, but like they are two totally different minded guys. And they're and, like, that's a matter of like accidentally turning into each other and then a roll up. Right. And again, how how I thought we were going to get out of this because AEW tries for as much as they can not to go into the WWE tropes. Two single stars are better than the greatest tag team of all time. Every single time. Like that's a WWE thing. Tried and true. Right? So I really was expecting, especially the longer this match went that FTR would get the victory because Brian Danielson, if you recall last week, was like, hey, Moxley, me and you should work together. Brian Danielson tries to prove to Moxley, like, we'd be a great team. Watch me help you. And he ends up screwing him somehow, right? He grabs the wrong foot. He grabs Moxley's foot instead of uh, Dax's foot, something like that. FTR gets the victory. But then Punk can be like, no, no, I'm not losing my rematch with, again, whoever it is. Because of that, te- like, because of that, that's a Brian Danielson, John Moxley thing. Like, I want another shot. And then you could have done a cage match with Sean Spears or whatever it is, right? You could have got one more match out of this and still had FTR win. But nonetheless, FTR lost because uh, the former champs are not better than two single stars. Zero out of zero times. It's the little things. Yeah. The little things. Uh, <laughs> all right. So then... Let's get into, it was on TBS, so finally we get a TBS championship match. Jade Cargill taking on a lady by the name of AQA. That's memorable. That'll, that'll, that'll put butts in seats. AQA. No, I'm kidding. I don't, I know nothing about her. That, yeah. that, uh, 
that uh, shooting star press she did was really cool. The second yeah. one where whatever the fuck happened there was clunky. Mm. Moral of the story is Jade Cargill still undefeated. Yeah. So Tim, I'm going to task you with this. What do we do here? I don't we know. Goldberg? Like, are we doing this Goldberg 100 wins or something yeah, the, or what? The, the, so yes, I, I don't think we found it yet though on who the baby face is that's going to catch fire to take down the monster, which is fine because we need more time because what has to happen first is she's got to go through people that you would think could be that and will come up short. As of yet, it's still not the highest quality competition, right? Like it's still AQA. It's still now she did have you know the finals match, but like, right? Yeah, it's not your Thunder Rosa level, mm-hmm. you know, stars. Albeit, you know, finding those names also on the AW women's roster aren't you know super easy either. So I think you almost have to co-build with somebody in mind as you're building Jade Cargill, but she needs to run through people. And you might have to turn a couple of the heel ladies face for a while to let her do it. But somebody has got to like, feel like they got somewhat of a shot, but she's still just, just too hard to beat. And then after a while we start thinking like, who the hell is ever going to beat her? Right. So you make her get a little power hungry. She's maybe pushing Mark Sterling around to where we're like, Jesus Christ, lay off him, you know, that kind of stuff. And then she's just bullying everybody to the point where finally somebody, has to overcome the obstacles. And there's probably months down the road. So I don't know who that is. I mean, I'd have to look through the roster and see who I think could could catch fire like that because I think if it's not catching fire organically, like if it wasn't Thunder Rosa, I don't see anybody else that's got that same kind of like fire and crowd momentum. Well, it could be the lady in the next segment because even though she is currently a heel, it got some good cheers and it was the professor's five-minute rookie challenge. Serena Deeb taking out Kate Arquette. This is where I think we could get the person that takes out Jade Cargill. Yeah. Right? As because you said. Like, Listen, you think everybody's scared of you? Right. You think I've never and, fought a big bitch before? Yes. You think I've never fucking beat somebody bigger than me before? Yeah. And mm, you can oh. do her doing oh, this five-minute challenge. Already. That's all you had to say yeah. with Serena Deeb. You didn't just say anything yeah, right, else. Exactly. <laughs> but you could even do it this way to where the five-minute challenge is going to get over, especially in an AEW crowd, right? Eventually, yeah. we're going to be like, do it in 20 seconds, and she's going to do it in 20 seconds, right? Like yeah. it's gonna be, She beat this girl in a minute, you know? But just like you said, you get Jade Cargill pushing around Mark Sterling, and she ends up losing – because she's not as smart as the professor, Serena Deep. And you can even have Jade Cargill do all the moves, right? She lasts past five minutes. So that kind of shows that she's not just like any other girl, right? You do a 15-minute match with these two. But her ego is so inflated. And Serena Deeb is the veteran. She does the one move, ha, ha, ha. And she becomes the new champ. That's your first loss. That's what I would do. That's what I thought. Would you pair them like side by side like that? And I know currently Serena Deeb's yeah. the heel, but she's going to be faced oh, yeah, sooner rather could, than later. Yeah, you could make her that that you know Hitman esque, not oh, yeah. Hitman heart, but like the Hitman face mentality of like yep. Stone Cold mm-hmm. Killer is going to take you out, and we like it. Yeah, Dean Malenko style, mm-hmm. all that stuff, right? Exactly. Yep. Um, Especially so when you have we'll a purpose, see. right? When somebody needs to be taken down. And yeah. you need to call the seals or whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, call that one who like 
Remember when we saw them slice a puppy's throat and not blink? Like, call that person. Get her. Yeah. Get that person. <laughs> right. Now, speaking about blood and slicing heads open and things like that, we get into our main event, mm. a Texas death match champion hangman adam page taking on challenger lance archer and we don't even start this damn match in the ring we go backstage they're already punching fists to skulls as much as they can they're going through correct me if i'm wrong i don't the only spot that didn't make any fucking sense where did that glass come from mm, yeah when, when, huh when have yeah, we ever had glass either. Yeah. Are we, are we trying to flirt with Shane McMahon? Be like, hey, Shane, we got glass over here. Remember SummerSlam? <laughs> Do it over here. Ours breaks like, the first are, time. Exactly. Like, what? Because it was at the entrance. So I thought, like, was that part of Lance Archer's entrance? And then we just didn't get to see. I don't know. But anyhow, this match was incredible. What did you think? Yeah, I think a similar feeling that you said, I think, in last episode and kind of like, yeah, it was great, and it was what a Texas death match brings you. And there was a lot of mm-hmm. blood and a lot of fighting. Not that blood's the thing I'm after, but you right. know I mean, when it fits, it fits. Um, but I just I couldn't shake the feeling a lot. Not that it ruined the match for me, but that we got here really fast without a reason, <laughs> right? Yep. Like, isn't Lance Archer? I'm to understand is the death match himself. Like, do we need a Texas death match when he's the walking death match, right? Like, just getting in the ring with Lance Archer, everybody dies. Mm-hmm. So, without it having been like, I can't get rid of Lance Archer, now I need to kill him, it, it seemed like we got there fast. So, I kept kind of being like, man, this feels like we turned it up really fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was like, these I poor agree. guys didn't need to do all this, but hey, thanks. Yeah, I, I thought... Obviously, I don't. I couldn't tell you the full history of AEW. Like, I love it; it's my favorite promotion. But I don't have a memory like that. Mm-hmm. However, they did mention that the last Texas Death Match was Lance Archer, John Moxley, and Lance Archer won, so he's undefeated in Texas Death Match. I think we should have played that angle more, and I think maybe that's what we could have been doing with Hangman this entire time, where. Oh. He beats you at your match, right? So let's say going back to Brian Danielson, it was a submission match. He yeah. wins with a submission. Lance Archer, it's a Texas death match. I don't know what Adam Coles is going to be, but like yeah. that's what we could have I don't even think it, you needed to get there. What you do is Lance Archer is like, I I want the title. And Hangman's like, I'll fight you. But like they told me I was supposed to fight this other guy instead. Lance Archer goes and beats that guy up. And he's like, dude, and now that guy's injured, right? <laughs> I mean, he's like, dude, all you had to say was ask. And then he's like, he's like, or whatever reason, but like, it, it keeps getting denied. Not that Hangman's like, Hangman's willing. You have to do that because he's the face and he's the stand up guy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, like a Tony Khan or Corbett's not allowing it because they already booked this match or whatever and whatever. And then we get uh, five from the Dark Order is getting murdered in the back by Lance Archer, right? And he's literally holding him hostage. Like, I'm going to break his fucking neck if you don't mm-hmm. give me the match. And then he's like, fine, 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 fine. Well, whatever. Like, we'll convince Tony Khan. It's fine. Match, fine. Whatever. Like, I'm will- I've am i been willing. What- fine, let him go. And I'm like, fine. I'll let him go. Oh, but it's also a 
Texas death match. And right. And Hangman's like, what? You know, he's like, <laughs> fuck. And then he's like, I'm going to break his fucking neck. And he's like, okay, 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 okay. All right, fine, fine, fine. Texas death match. Yeah. Fine, fine. And then that could have been like, fuck. This guy's undefeated in a Texas death match. And yeah. then it could have been the fucking clock ticking, right? Like Lance right. Archer's like, next week everybody dies, and it's Hangman's mm-hmm. fucking time, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You could have been- I think we yeah. could have done that. Mm-hmm. The, some, something to where the, the whole thing is the reason for the Texas death match is because Lance Archer, Lance Archer. that's his signature match. Right. Like, that's his, that's his yeah. thing. You don't now, come back alive from a Texas death match with Lance Archer. Well, and damn near he didn't, because let's talk a little <laughs> bit about the match specifics. The coolest thing I thought was Hangman, again, this is what makes AEW great, is because if I show this to my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, random fan who used to watch in the Attitude Era, they told the a perfect damn near story of what was important. Because early on, once we finally get to the ring, Hangman gets that buckshot lariat, and it's understood like, Lance Archer, if he didn't roll out, would be done. Like, he's finished here, right? So, the heel managers, and I think maybe this is the whole reason why we had Dan Lambert, is because maybe Jake the Snake couldn't have done this, is Dan Lambert then takes down the fucking top rope, right? He takes it down to the point where they're fighting out on the outside, Lance Archer and, and Adam Page, and then when Adam Page throws him into the ring, you see Adam Page reach for that top rope, and it's like, what? What the fuck is that? What happened there? Like dickheads, you know? And so that's the story. Yeah. How is he going to get that signature move or the finisher, right? Mm-hmm. On this big bastard in his signature match where he's undefeated. And we get all the fun. Jake the Snake gets a short arm clothesline. So that was one of my best parts. Like, so he gets the short clothesline and he's feeling it, right? He's going to give him for the DT. And then I love Lance Archer's like, hey, 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 what the fuck <laughs> get out are here, you doing? And then you see him kind of be like, what, what? Like, oh, God damn it. I did it again. <laughs> and, like, he's yeah. and then Hangman gets the better of him and he's like making fun of him. And he fucking like, yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> right? Like, just like, I fucking hate my life anymore. <laughs> yeah. I want the story to be now with Lance Archer and Jake Snake that like, Jake doesn't want to do this. <laughs> like, Lance drugged me out of my home. Right. And, like, this isn't, like, I'm here for money. It was, like, guys, help. (laughs) Somebody help me. (laughs) You don't know what this guy does at night. Like, I have to watch this. It's insane. Those poor animals. You don't even even know what we do back at the farm. He won't let me. He ties me up, and he just brings people to there, and he kills them. Just something, right? Like, where Jake's like, somebody please, please help me. And that's how you get the next feud, right? Mm-hmm. I love Jake the Snake as a kid. I don't like what you're doing to him, Lance. Me and you next week. Nope, fuck that guy. Yeah. I, I love Jake all the that, Snake. You could still. Then Jake was just acting, and he still fucking gives him that. And he's like, yeah, you fucking punk. <laughs> like, <laughs> God damn it, Jake. I fucking cared for you. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking snake. Yeah. You, <laughs> you damn snake. It. Right. Yeah. Love it. So, love it. Uh, a couple other fun spots. <laughs> Look, whatever you paid Adam Page for this match, double it. Because that fucking powerbomb that he took on mm. the steps that were on the mm. sideways and he bounced off like those motherfuckers. God yeah. bless America. Yeah. He lost a couple inches Ooh. on that. 
Oh my! Like he doesn't God. stand as tall as he used to anymore. I bet you he can't sit down one to shit. Them, one of them spinal. You know what I mean? One I of them spinal discs is a little just, out of place. Yeah. I bet you stand down to shit. Let's yeah. do it like it right. goes over a drain and get just like fucking nowadays. get this shit out of me. Yeah. I, yeah. I <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> but then the finish was so great, right? So he gets the barbed wire. He's hitting them. The ref being a studious ref. You know, Adam Page throws it down, and the ref is like, well, we got to get that out of the ring, right? So he picks it up. Hangman is like, oh, say what? I could do this. And then whoop, whoop, does the little dolly whop and clotheslines his ass. Yeah, he does a little flippity-doo, how's your father? And does the clothesline through one of the tables, not through both, but it was still good. Yeah. Wow. Gets him through the table and then gets up at nine. Lance Archer doesn't get up. Hangman is your victor. He is your champion. He is the reigning and defending AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Doesn't even great. get three seconds. Yeah. This is what we've been missing, though, in, in the Hangman Adam Page championship run. Is that, mm-hmm. like, moments like that. Like, he hasn't been having these matches and, like, overcoming the obstacles and all of that jazz. So, it was good well, to see. Well, I would say he is getting moments, but they're so... Kind of like what I said is the criticism of AEW. It's it's not consistent, right? So he does the hour-long draw with Brian Danielson. And then we just get... And then we get the match again. And then he wins. And then we kind of just get... And then he gets the Texas... Like, look. And again, I don't know finances. Maybe there's something written in real contracts that I'm not aware of. But, like, this is what I'm afraid of. I don't want more inner circle when I'm getting Hangman, my champion, backstage vignettes where he's just like, what? I'm in a what match? Like, it's fun, but like, he's your champion. And going back to showing this to casual fans, I'm going to bet, at least the way it was presented to me, the top guys in this company are Jericho, Punk, MJF, then maybe hangman right like there was people position yeah moxley but like there was tv time fully invested in mjf punk jericho and that's not none of those three guys are a champion and i'm not trying to say like it has to be the champion and only right because we've done rock hogan and that should have main evented over triple h jericho you know what i'm saying but like you're not making, you know, when Kenny Omega was the champion, he was always getting the time, right? 69 me Don. He was doing the death matches. He was doing like, and now we got Hangman, and it's like, he's the champ. But like, yeah. come on, guys. Well, and you so, know. like, even this thing with Lance Archer is such that, like, it wasn't like some long, drawn out storyline literally between Lance and, and Hangman. It was just Lance going, like, I think I can murder you. Right. Yeah. And I if think I murder I can you, you, I'm the champ. Yeah. So. I guess I'm gonna murder you now. It was kind of mm-hmm. it wasn't like real hatred towards Hangman. And yeah, then it, it was just became Hangman being like like fighting off a fucking grizzly bear, like holy shit, fuck. Um yeah. you know what I mean? And he did that and that's great. And we're like, all right, good job. But yeah, it wasn't this like there wasn't Blood that, feud. like you know, in the good in the good feuds, you start to wonder like shit, is the is the bad guy right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like those kind of things. You know, we I, I don't know that we've gotten that a whole lot. Like we got Brian Danielson did a very similar thing. I think I can yeah. twist your arm around and beat you. I don't think you're good enough. Same thing Lance Archer did to him. Now, 
that would have fit well if they would have kept on the idea that Hangman doesn't believe in himself. Right. But they didn't do that. Yeah. And it would be great if, like, simultaneously, while he wasn't believing in himself, he kind of was going back to some kind of shitbag-ass ways. If he was withdrawing from friends, drinking Drinking a little Drinking more. Yeah. And then we start to be like, dude, you relapse, man. I was, I was mm-hmm. there for you. And now I don't know, yeah. man. Like, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, see, like... It's like his character was miraculously cured of that before, which is fine, I guess. But, like, it just – now these storylines are kind of falling flat for that reason. Well, and that's a, the other thing. You know, we were talking about, like, sometimes – you know, it's good to have a good guy. I don't think, you know, neither one of us, if we were building a wrestling company, would have everyone be this conflicted anti-hero, right? right there yeah. are certain people who are like, like I know, that are like, no, that's oh, a sure. good guy. He's not right. going to do or she's not going to do X, right? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely know some people that like 100% on principle are not going to do something maybe they kind of want to do because they think, no, that's not right. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, oh, I'll t- I'm reading an ethics book. Uh, and there's this guy named Emmanuel Kant who came up with the, um, oh, I know it. Uh, yeah, I know Kant. Yep. And so I'm, re- I'm reading about Emmanuel Kant right now. So it yeah. talked about like doing the yeah. well, I have good a journalism regardless. degree. I took all the media yeah. ethics and the, <laughs> yeah, but like <laughs> Actually, the universal law, I did a pro- you know, uh, we did a group project and, uh, Kant was the guy I had to study and bring something to. We, we did a radio round table discussion on these philosophers and Kant was the guy I had to use in the group and speak to it mm-hmm. in a thing. Well, after I'm done with this chapter, I'll get your feedback. Yeah. Um, but going back to Hangman, mm. you know, one thing that's interesting is you don't always have to have, especially in a traveling circus like pro wrestling, you don't always have to have the story is over, right? It's an amazing accomplishment as far as the story program between Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page that they went through all of these things and then in their final battle Hangman got the victory and he overcame those demons right but like what you were saying you could have him overcome that demon and get some uh you know self-worth out of the Brian Danielson feud and then some start you know now it's Fuck, can I? I better. I need a shot before I fight Lance Archer. And then we just see one thing and he beats Lance Archer, right? And then, you so know, we that, can get those even that. things. Here's, here's something that's less like I'm a bad person, Hangman Adam Page, because I keep diving into my vices. It's, it's still the lack of self esteem. It's right. Dude, you beat Brian Danielson. Like, he, he was out to fucking twist your arm off. You beat him. One of the best of, of, of the world. Great job. And he's like, yeah, but man, did you see like there at the end? He had me here. Like I almost tapped, dude. And if I, I would have tapped, I would have fucking like done. I shouldn't have been in that position. Like I would have mm-hmm. fucking like. And everybody's like, dude, 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 hey, hey, right? You won. Mm-hmm. Right? Like enjoy it. And be like, dude, you don't fucking understand, right? Like yeah. have anxiety. And now I got this monster. Yeah, now I got right. this monster Lance Archer coming after me. Like I don't know if I'm. Yeah, like, if I can't be, if I can almost barely beat Brian Daniels, I'm fucked against this guy, right? Like that kind of right. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now with all of this being said and this fun discussion, I love it. We might be getting this because after Hangman gets his victory, gets the title, doesn't even get the title in his hand because we get Adam Cole, Bay Bay, who earlier said, I'm going to make my statement. And as I told you last week, when he was taking on Evil Uno, I thought that this is where we're going to go. Yeah, that Rampage he, promo, which we didn't touch on, but yeah, solid promo from, from Adam Cole. Very, saying like, hey, oh, in case you motherfuckers forgot. Yeah. It has always been Adam re- Cole. 
everywhere yeah. we go. Yeah, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name right. is Bebe. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is good, but I also like. I'm not 100 percent because now seeing the what they've done with the Hangman thing, like if you would have told me when Hangman won it, if you would have said in this amount of time to February he's going to wrestle Adam Cole, I would have told you, hey, he beats Adam Cole in February. But now, eh, right? Well, Adam Cole wins. He's got the title. Kenny Omega's coming back. That yeah. Bruh, bruh, bruh. Right. Right. Well, and this is where I have faith that they're going to tell a great story. I really do. Again, if we're looking at the track record of AEW, they haven't told too many duds. You could probably point to one or two, right? Cody versus Anthony Agogo, those things like that. But for the most part, at least for me, I have thoroughly enjoyed all of the AEW stories that I've been told. But I fear with this, we might get a little bit too into the weeds. Your criticism of the Young Bucks, right? Because now, if we do this, right, how we're kind of already theorizing, we're going to get Hangman and Kenny Omega and Adam Cole and the Young And then we're getting all these layers, which can be fun. But like, to our point, we didn't watch the Young Bucks development or the, the Bullet Club development in Japan. So you're going to be touching on things that the yeah, the nerds of the Young Bucks are going to fucking know. But me and you on this podcast next week go like, we love AEW. New Japan's fine, but we didn't watch that. And now there's some detail that I've got to go, you know, research for three hours on YouTube about, right? Like, I fear that it's going to be really interesting, but there might be some things to the CM Punk AEW fans where they're going to go like, As what? So, wait a minute. Who? Who's Tama Tonga? Like, what? Why? Are, who's that guy? What are we talking about? You know? And it's like... Again, I think it's going to be interesting. And, you know, I, I remember after Hangman uh, defeated Kenny Omega, I sent you those series of uh, YouTube videos that someone made about the whole Hangman journey from start of Bullet Club mm. to, you know, getting that victory. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to watch one of those after we're done with this storyline yeah. to get everything I saw. Ultimately, I think I feel that crew, the Young Bullet Buck Brothers Club, uh, confuses... <laughs> wrestling twitter with all of wrestling fandom yeah i agree i agree and i even think you know one thing i was uh i thought maybe could be a cool addition to pro wrestling as we're connected 24 hours a day on this fucking device right is uh watch next time you you get a chance i know it's not your thing but watch a ufc Right. Mm -hmm. Because what what I think is be, would be interesting to steal from that to bring into AEW specifically because their wrestlers can kind of freestyle is you'll see, for example, a middleweight championship fight. It's Israel uh, Adesanya taking on Robert Whitaker. Right. And after round one, you'll see Derek Brunson, the number three contender, saying they'll show a tweet from him. So he'll tweet it and then they'll put the tweet on the screen where it says, you know, from Derek Brunson at Derek Brunson, uh, Israel Adesanya's boxing sure is not crisp mm. tonight. If I was in there, I'd beat his ass. Right. It going back to the, uh, Chris Jericho inner circle segment, 
throughout that entire thing, if you go to Eddie Kingston's Twitter account, he has a a, a gif of a uh, a cup being stirred, mm. right? He's the stir, right? And then he's got the laughing thing of this, like throw that on TV, right? right? If you know, like boom, put put up yeah. there. Well, Hangman struggling. That only helps in, in today's day and age. Like I, I've done a lot of YouTube research and stuff. Like they say, keep mm-hmm. movement on your screen. Now I know wrestling is some movement, right? right. But like right, yeah. pe- people have ADHD, you know what I mean? <laughs> and shit like that. Like you gotta, you gotta keep it new and fresh. So if you're rolling a ticker below with people talking shit on, on Twitter, sometimes during the rest holds, that's going to be better for me to watch. And you could easily do it, you know, during those, those, spots where you show the commentary team right so jr excalibur and tony shivani are telling you next week we've got santana and ortiz versus the inner circle and you just maybe see kenny omega say like what did adam cole say like it's just a tweet down in the lower third referencing what adam cole did with bringing in jay white and it's just kenny omega tweeting out in his real account but putting it on the screen who was that that i saw with the young bucks and then we're getting more stuff, right? And we can handle it, right? How many people? I mean, I, I told you I live tweet during AEW. We can mm-hmm. do two things at once. So I just thought, like, maybe add some tweets to the to the screen to yeah. you know further some stories. I don't know. The That's just things. an idea. Yeah, the little things. The little things. Well, hey, man. I mean, unless you got anything else, I think this is well. Like- the only thing I do got is we have appointment viewing on mm. Friday night, Tim. Mm. Cutie, our good pal Cutie Marshall. Oh, I forgot to get him on the show. I know it, it happens. Shit. It happens. But this episode was too much. Sorry, we couldn't Cutie. have had a guest. Right, we well, time. we couldn't have had a guest. Next time, yeah. Cutie. I know you're next fan. time. Sorry, but he's bringing in his star student to take on the whole show that Rampage is built around. The Enigma, the best wrestler, past, present, or future, in all caps. Hook. Yeah. Is in action. Yeah. Friday night. Ah? Hook wins. But this is what makes AEW so fucking great. Again, yeah. this roller coaster of like, and then Hangman and then Eddie and then Jericho and then Punk and Boxley and then fucking Hook. <laughs> you know fucking I mean? hook. We got Hook. That's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Excited to catch Rampage. And I'm excited to uh, catch all of you guys next week right back here on the live stream to talk about what Hook did and what happened on Dynamite and all the fallout of the storylines we're talking about. And I guess we'll just leave you with a reminder to remember the little things. The Spanish announce table.